powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey, what's going on? Come on in, everybody. It is uh, Tuesday night. We're going to do a quick preview of tomorrow night's Wednesday Night Live Bible study. It's going to be amazing, as you already know. But come on in, come on in, come on in, come on in. And uh, let me know where you're watching from. We're just on Instagram tonight. Uh, TikTok says I will have my TikTok page back um, tomorrow. So that's good news. But in the meantime, it's in, in between time. It's me and you tonight on this Instagram. I am, uh, as you can see, mobile uh, because I got to get to the gym. I'm today has been a very full day, so I'm getting to the gym late today. But nonetheless, um, come on in, Omaha, Aurora, good to see you. Naperville, Illinois, good to see you. Indiana, come on in, you guys. Share this when you share. It. You can use the triangle at the bottom. Five points, good to see you, Aurora, good to see you. You can literally share this to somebody else. Um, use the little triangle, send it to somebody else's page. Uh, you can text somebody, let them know to come in. I'm going to do a quick preview. Palm Springs, Dallas, Georgia. That's Atlanta. Good to see you. God bless you. God bless you, 777. Come on, 7. 7 is the biblical number of completion. All right. Aurora, good to see you. Come on in. Uh, Y'all, we prayed about that last Wednesday. And they told us last Wednesday, TikTok, they had a bunch of spammers and stuff. They told us last Wednesday that um, uh, the page was permanently banned. And we prayed, and uh, God hears and answers prayer. And so they got an email. They said they'd release it by tomorrow. So that's good news. Glendale, Panama City, good to see you. Denver, good to see you. Come on in. Come on in. So listen, um, has this series that we've been in, the sequel, um, talk to me in the comments about has this series spoken to you? What has this series done for you? I want to hear from you. What has this series done for you um, that we've been in called The Sequel? What has this series done for you? Jersey, Jersey, good to see you. Um, also, you hear a little stop up. I think it's an, it's, it's an, or not, I think I know it's an allergy. And I only have it pop up once in a while. Um, and uh, I guess yesterday and today it's popped up. So I'm good. I'm healthy. I uh, feel good. Uh, Aurora, talk to me guys in the comments about what this series has been doing for you, the series that we've been in, which is called The Sequel. The premise of this series is that God is always wanting your next to be better than your previous and your present. The Bible says that he takes us from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. Um, good, the, the different types of seeds, self-reflective, self-correct, this is good. Um <clears throat> This is good. Sequels have stages. This is good. Sequels have stages. Sequels have stages. This is good. Have me self-reflecting, self-correct. This is really good. Um, because you, the Bible says, 2 Peter 1, 3, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So everything we need, we already have. We just have it in seed form. So if there's something I'm seeing in my life that I don't like, then that means there's something I need to change in terms of what I'm sowing. If I don't like what I'm seeing, I need to change what I'm sowing. Uh, what else? The movement part, different kind of seed, self-reflect, self-correct. Excuse me. Taught me how to pray against the spirit of setback. I love that. Outcome of the seed ain't my business. That is so true. 
The scripture says, uh, I taught you this, uh, where in the gospels it says that the seed will reproduce um, automatically. It is it is not on you. He says he does not know how. Seriously, allow me to see. God wants me to continue, uh-oh, continuously get better. This is good. Money is the only seed um, that harvests other than its own kind. That is so true. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, money doesn't just produce money. Money produces um, such a harvest or sequel that you don't like in any area. This is good. Jesus did more post the cross in 40 days than he did in 33 and a half years. This is good. Thank you for the bless you. Thank you. Be louder than your fears. Good. Thank you. Um, the how is beyond my pay grade. Yes, this is good. Come on, y'all. Talk to me just a little bit more in the comments. What is this? What is this series? What has stood out to you from this series? That whatever that I do not believe in allergies. I, I'm coming against this allergy thing. I never had these before until the last couple of years. All right, going Denver. Money is a multi-tiered seed. This is good. This is good. What else? Stop trying to control the how. That's God's business. Yes. Can I teach you all a principle about goal setting? Um, most people set goals. They set poor goals because they set outcome goals. Thank you for the bless you. An outcome goal works like this. Is you are trying to determine something that is beyond what you have the capacity to control. An outcome goal would be like me saying, I'm sitting outside of the gym now. An outcome goal would be like me saying, um, Every person in the gym uh, is going to uh, lose 10 pounds today. I can't control that. Uh, uh, that's an outcome goal. A better goal is an, an input goal, which says, I am going to do my workout today, and I'm going to encourage 10 people to do their workout today. I can't control, you got to hear this, I can't control the outcome, um, but I can control the input. And for some of you, let me help you with your goal setting. Let me help you with how you approach life. Let me help you with how you approach problems. Let me help you with how you approach issues. Is you can only control the input. You can only control the seed. The sequel is automatic. It's automatic. This is good. Only two seasons of life, seed and harvest. That's Genesis 8.22 or seed and sequel. Um, you can only control what you sow. You cannot control the outcome. It's kind of like even in dating. Um, a lot of single people make really horrible decisions when it comes to dating because they make outcome goals. This is going to be my husband. This is going to be my wife. This is going to be my forever. This and that. that that's, a, that's an outcome goal. You can't control that. Um, I'll be married by this time. You can't control that. Instead, an input goal you can control. What's an input goal? You're going to do everything you can do to make sure that you um, um, that you date properly. You're going to do everything you can do to make sure <clears throat> that you are fully prepared if you have a certain age or a certain stage of life that you want to be, uh, that you desire to be in a relationship. It's a horrible thing to make an outcome goal predicated upon something you can't control. You cannot control how whether or not a person loves you. One of my favorite songs is by Bonnie Raitt. It's been redone by tons of people. Tank redid it. Um, I started to ask them to sing it a few uh, uh, few trips ago in Atlanta. I had an opportunity to meet him. And I started to ask him to sing it. Can you sing this? And uh, But anyway, um, the song says, I can't make you love me if you don't. 
you can't make your heart feel something it won't a lot of people when it comes to relationships when it comes to friendships you're setting outcome goals which is where you are trying to dictate something that you don't have the ability to dictate you don't have authority over that so it's a horrible goal to set all right um, you can't control the outcome. Y'all are really get learning a lot from this series. I love your comments. Keep them coming. The outcome is automatic. Jesus is our first fruit. Whatever he can do, so can we. This is good. Keep the comments coming. Uh, so to see, leave it alone. Yes. Don't. Uh, now, let me let me just hit this real quick. A lot of people, you uproot your seed. You uproot your seed. And here's how you do it. This is what comes out of your mouth. You literally will plant a seed and then you'll kill it with your words bishop what do you mean john 6 63 says this the words that i speak are spirit and they bring life which means pay attention which means everything that comes out of your mouth it leaves your mouth but it travels somewhere it's a spirit all right and so anything spiritual a spirit can infiltrate anywhere into anything at any time how do you know that bishop <clears throat> you saw the bible said that even though judas was around jesus the scripture says that satan filled him even though he was around jesus i need you to pay attention to that because some of y'all think well you know i got the lord so the devil can't even the devil can't come over here you know the spirit evil spirits can't come over here watch me when you begin to mature spiritually what happens is that you begin to deal with a level of spiritual opposition that knows how to move in and out and around the, um, the Lord. Judas was around the Lord and the devil filled him. Y'all got to hear me. All right, so spirits can infiltrate anywhere, right? At any time. This is why sometimes even in church, you'll hear me pray this. You'll hear me pray a prayer while saying, I take authority over this atmosphere. I take authority. Why? Because what I'm doing is I am reestablishing. You got to hear me. I am reestablishing. I am sensing opposition. So I am reestablishing my authority and the authority of the Lord over an atmosphere. I am reestablishing that if you are not in alignment, you are to come into alignment. You got to hear that. Because a lot of people think, <clears throat> oh, no, my house is anointed. The devil can't cross this line. Baby, bye. That is not, watch me, this Jezebel, let's talk. The scripture says in Revelation that that spirit of Jezebel, she calls herself, come on, we're going to go there now, a prophetess, which means the spirit of Jezebel, at, at, which, which, what is the spirit of Jezebel? The name Jezebel means one who is not exalted. So the spirit of Jezebel, she does things to exalt herself. Now, when I say herself, uh, her there doesn't mean that she's necessarily a female because a spirit has no sex. So you can have the spirit of Jezebel operating in a man. You can have it operating in a woman. It's a spirit. It has no sex. It's not male or female. It is motive. It is motive. Spirits, look at me. Spirits do not operate by male or female. They operate by motive. So the Bible says that in, in Revelation, she calls herself a prophetess. In other words, she gives herself titles. She gives herself position. She disobeys and disregards authority. She disobeys and disregards protocol. She disobeys and disregards order. Um, the spirit of Jezebel is a spirit that blames. It's, it's never her. She doesn't do anything wrong. It's everybody else. Y'all not talking to me. It's a spirit. And watch me. 
What does the Bible say? She's in the church in Revelation. And what does the Bible say? She calls herself a prophetess. And what does the Lord do? Y'all got to hear me. What does the Lord say when he's checking that church? He's rebuking that church. He says, I have this thing against you that you let that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. In other words, here's the deal. She was amongst God's people, but nobody would confront her. It's quiet on the chat tonight. I, why is this important? Because you will keep, how did I get on this thing about Jezebel? It's because you, pay attention, you can plant a seed and then kill it with your words because your words are spirit and spirits can travel anywhere. Spirits can go anywhere. Spirits can be anywhere, which is one of the, which is one of, can I just teach you a few things in this preview tonight? It's going to be a short preview tonight because I got to get into jam and again, you can hear a little bit this, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, I don't, in Jesus' name, I'm 100% healthy, 100% healed. I do not like this allergy thing. I've not had them until the last couple of years, and they only pop up around this time. Here we go. <clears throat> you can plant a seed and then kill it. Um, you can speak life on Sunday. You can speak life on Wednesday. Watch me. And then kill the life you spoke because you begin to speak negativity and doubt. Speak negativity and doubt. You can begin to kill your own seed because your words are spirit. You'll dig it up. Somebody just commented right there. You'll dig it up. You'll dig it up. You'll dig it up. And then you'll be saying, well, why is this happening in my life? God, why am I not seeing anything good? Pay attention. Because if you sowed it and then you killed it, there is no sequel on schedule. There is no sequel on schedule. Um, sometimes on YouTube, because I like movies, there's movie channel will pop up and it's this guy who has all the inside scoop on movies and sequels and stuff like that and i remember he was talking about a sequel and he was talking about how a particular sequel how that sequel got killed in other words <clears throat> even though they had planned it something killed it which means watch me since your words are spirit that means you can literally plant something pay attention with your movements and then kill it with your mouth you can plant it with your money and then kill it with your mouth. You can plant it with your mouth and kill it with your mouth. You can plant it with ministry and then kill it with your mouth. You got to hear me. You got to hear me. You can kill it with your mouth. Can I also tell you another way that seed, often you kill your sequel? You ready? Here it is. Pride. Pride will kill sequels. Proverbs 16, 13, pride goes before a fall. You want to know what fall means? It's this Hebrew word, shaber. It means unnecessary affliction, pain. It goes into deeper definitions. Here's the point. Your pride can kill a sequel. You'll kill it. You'll kill it. Um, because the Bible says that God, he resists the proud. What does this mean? Think of the word resist as, as and I'm going to use a word, um, that that uh, listen to me explain the word. If he resists the proud, it is like proud. Pride is a retardant. A retardant. What does that mean? Uh, to retard something means essentially you push it away. You you you. It, it doesn't fit. It's rejected. It doesn't work. So pride is like a retardant to sequels. It'll kill your sequel. It'll kill your sequel. God resists the proud. So when God sees, it's getting quiet in these comments now. When God sees pride, 
What God does when he sees pride is God says, mm -mm, I'm not participating. I'm not participating. And that can kill sequels. All right. All right. Let's go further. So this series that we've been in um, called The Sequel has been based on this principle that God is always wanting your life to improve, go from level to level, from glory to glory. The Bible says uh, another degree of glory. He always wants your next to be better than your present and your previous. Can I get you to speak this over your life? My next will be better. My next will be better. And it's not an indictment <clears throat> on your present. It's not an indictment even on your past. It doesn't mean that your present's not good and your past isn't good. It just means that God wants things to be better for you. The moment you arrive is the moment that you no longer need to be alive. I'll say it a second time. The moment you arrive is the moment you no longer need to be alive. Why? Um, because if you arrive, then that means there's nothing left for God to do in your life. And I need everybody to hear me. Be grateful you haven't arrived because that means there's still a need for you to be alive. And what do you hear me say often, especially during this series? You may not be where you want to be, but you have to thank God that you are not where you used to be. Why? You are making progress. He wants you to see, the Bible says, going from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. <clears throat> so what is glory? Glory, pay attention, glory is his goodness. This means every day God says, I want you to see more and 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 more of my goodness every single day. Not only do I see more of his goodness, watch me, I see more of him in me. Because the Bible says we are being transformed into his image, which means not only do I see more of his goodness, but I see more of him in me. How many can be honest that you are seeing more godly attributes in you? Wave at me. You're not perfect. No, none of us are. You ain't got it all together. None of us do. We are being transformed. That means this is a perpetual process every day. Tomorrow will be my sequel from today. Thursday will be my sequel from Wednesday. Friday <clears throat> will be my sequel from Thursday. Saturday will be my sequel from Friday. May will be my sequel to April. June will be my sequel to May. 2022 is my sequel to 2021. More godly attributes. Can you tell me some of the things you're seeing develop in you? Just drop a few of those attributes. Godly attributes. Godly attributes. Can you just drop some of those in the chat? Again, we're going to have a short preview tonight. We're going to have a shorter preview tonight than normal. It won't be long, but it's going to be strong. And then uh, shout out to those of you <clears throat> who are using the badges to sew. Again, if you're just coming in, you say, is it okay? It's just an allergy thing, and I'm not receiving this. So uh, I'm going to use my words carefully. It's an allergy thing I used to have. I don't have no more of these names. Patient. Come on here, Rev. Grace, maturity, makes me more zealous. This is good. Follow through, discipline. Come on, shalom, obedience. This is good. Boba, my testimony. I brag on God. Come on, makes me get up in a good mood. Says my day. Consistency, long suffering. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> Why does the Bible refer to um, pride? Or excuse me, uh, patience. As long suffering, depending on the definition you, or the translation you have, it will often call long suffering. It's also patience. 
it's called it's called long suffering because to suffer um, it, it means by definition patience means the level of endurance your character can take before you become negative or being delayed or provoked I'll say it again the level of endurance your character can take before becoming delayed or, or while being delayed or provoked long suffering is the delay in the provoked part the delayed and the provoked part so why is it called suffering it's because I'm being delayed watch me and it's out of my control I'm being provoked and it's out of my control so that's what suffering is in the scripture so long suffering means I have the capacity to deal with delay and provocation and I do not get negative and I do not get negative I do not get negative guys these are some good things you got in here these are some really good attributes that you got in here being more faithful self-conviction is increased this is good walking by faith good more love consistent keep my word forgiving speaking what it will be not what it is more precise prayers patience kindness this is good y'all learning to pray what to pray about this is good uh, so this is part of your daily journey this is part of your daily journey it will always be that the moment you arrive, you no longer need to be alive. So you're always going to be maturing. You're always going to be going, <clears throat> growing. You're always going to be um, um, uh, transforming. That's just part of your journey. Now, here's something that is important, and this is what we're going to get into tomorrow. Sunday's message was called the God of a sequel. And I talked about how literally one of the names of the Lord that he ascribes to himself is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. Harvest, what does that mean? Sequel. God says he is the Lord of the sequel. And you literally saw him walk that out through his life. What did he do? You literally see him uh, turn what, uh, um, uh, uh, take a miserable situation and treat it like a seed. I taught you that what comes out of your mouth is a seed. Your movement is a seed. Ministry, serving is a seed. Your money is a seed. Your mistakes are a seed. And miserable moments are also a seed. Did I get movements? Movements. And miserable moments are a seed. Jesus took miserable moments and he turned them into a seed that produced a sequel. What did he do? After he had been betrayed by Judas. <clears throat> and you know, one of the things that's most interesting to me, can I just spend some time there? Because all of us are going to deal with betrayal. Um, you can only be betrayed by someone you trust. You can only be betrayed by somebody that's close to you. You can't be betrayed by a stranger. That's not betrayal. That's just them doing what they do. Um, what's interesting to me about how Jesus handled Judas, if I look at me, is he never, ever, that we see, confronted him. Can I help some of you understand this principle? When you confront snakes, you only teach them how to slither more effectively. I'm going to say that thing again. When you confront snakes, you only teach them how to slither more effectively. Sometimes what you have to do is know what it is and deal with it accordingly. I'm going to say that again and give you an opportunity to respond. Sometimes you have to know what it is and deal with it accordingly. Not once did Jesus say, come on, let's have a meeting. Judas, why are you stealing from me? Jesus, why are you doing this? Judas, why are you doing this? He didn't do it. He just said, I see you. I know you. Watch me. And I know your spirit, Judas. Your spirit wants attention. You want attention, Judas. Why? Because the fact that, can I go deep here for a moment? The fact that these 12 men 
that Jesus picked. Young men, by the way, they were all ages 13 to 21. Peter was likely the oldest at closer to 21. Just so you know, those 12 ruling apostles that Acts chapter 1 calls the bishops, just so everybody knows, those were young men that were aged 13 to 21. I just want you to understand that, <clears throat> which is why it is so important, hear me, for every parent that you are covering your children in prayer and that you are making sure that's why I teach in a way to whether you are 70 or 7, whether you're a PhD or a GED or you didn't get nothing. I strive to teach in a way to where everybody can get it. Why? Because Jesus took young men between 13 and 10. He changed the world with millennials. Uh-oh. SpaghettiOs. So for everybody, so for everybody that likes to, that wants to say, Oh, forget about this generation. Forget. No, 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 no. Jesus changed the world with 12 young men on the African tectonic plate. He changed the world with 12 men, ages 13 to 21. All right. Um, and, of course, many great women. Let's not forget that. But those 12 that were around him, those were men. Now, listen. In this, <clears throat> I need you to listen carefully. Um, the fact that they were found doing their father's trade teaches us something. Because in the Hebrew culture, everybody, all the young men wanted to be rabbis. They wanted to be men of God. They wanted to be the man of God. And if you weren't effective, and you see this all throughout the scripture, read the Old Testament and you'll see Samuel had the school of the prophets. Elijah had the sons of the prophets. All of the prophets had these these gatherings uh, around them where they were teaching, where they were pouring, where they were building. Literally, it was the uh, origin of what we call an apprenticeship. That's why at Harvest, our leader, servant leadership training, is what they call the apprenticeship. I just pulled it right out of scripture. I just was repeating what's in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> and that's why that's a privilege to sit in that group, because it is a privilege. When you were not good enough to apprentice a rabbi, here's what the rabbi would say. Go and do your father's trade. So the fact that these 12 men, the fact that these 12 men um, were found doing their father's trade, my pleasure, the fact that these 12 men were found doing their father's trade, what does it tell us? It tells us that they were already told you are not good enough. You cannot apprentice me. Go do what your father does because you ain't going to be able to do what I'm doing. It's quiet. Why my comments drop all of a sudden? Y'all sit there? Y'all wave at me if you're still there. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know you're still there. Talk to me. You're still there. Where'd you go? Where'd y'all go? There we go. All right. Um, pay close attention. <clears throat> All right. I see. It looks like there's just a little delay. So that means when Jesus finds them all and when he finds Judas, Judas, you've, can I say this real direct? Thank you all. I see your thumbs up now. Let me make this real direct. When Jesus finds Judas and all the rest of them, they had already been told you are not good enough. You, you, you do not have what it takes to be a man of God. You don't. So Judas has already been told you aren't deserving to apprentice a man of God. Why? They were all found doing their father's trade, fishing, tax collecting. Those are family businesses. And when you are not good enough to do to apprentice a man of God, he would say, just go do your natural, go do your natural bloodline because you don't qualify to be in this. You don't qualify. So Judas, 
you've already been, you ready? You've already been given a second chance at what you could not do before. <laughs> Judas, you are in your sequel and you are screwing it up because y'all ready? Because you don't know how to handle attention. Woo, I'm about to teach now. I said this was going to be short, but I may go deep tonight. Judas, you are in your sequel. Jesus has given you a chance nobody else would give you. Jesus is giving you an opportunity nobody else would they they wouldn't they wouldn't think twice about having you. They already told you deuces back. You are in your sequel, Judas. And now watch me, you don't know how to handle attention. You don't know how to handle being trusted with something. You don't know how to handle being able to, you screwed up your own sequel because all the rest of the rabbis said you're not good enough. So go over there. Do what your daddy does. What's his daddy's name? Iscariot. He's Judas Iscariot. Iscariot is, 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 is a surname. It's the name of his father. It's a surname. Iscariot means traitor. He says your daddy is a traitor and you ain't about nothing either. Judas, you have an opportunity to become a curse breaker. And instead, watch me, you screw up your sequel. You don't know how to handle, watch me, authority. You don't know how to handle being trusted. You don't know how to, and watch me, and I gave you something. Can I go deep, y'all? I feel like teaching tonight. All of a sudden, I feel like teaching. Watch me. Why did Jesus give G Judas the money? Because Matthew was a tax collector. Matthew should have been the one counting the money. Why did he give it to Judas? You know why he gave it to Judas? Because what does the Bible say? Wherever your treasure is, your money is, there your heart is also. He gave him the money so that he could show him his heart. Y'all better talk to me. He gave him the money and let him be his treasurer so that it would reveal his heart. Because whatever you do with money reveals what's in your heart. It is quiet on here tonight. Judas did not know how to handle that. And what's interesting to me about how Jesus handles it is, is Jesus just watches him. He just watches him. He's like, I'm just going to watch you. I'm not going to say anything to you. I'm going to watch you. And watch me, when you don't think I'm paying attention, I'm going to watch you. Guys, I need you to share if you haven't shared yet. Use the triangle share with somebody. Put it in their DM or tag them on the screen. <clears throat> I'm going to watch you. I'm going to pay attention to you. I'm going to see what you do with the money because what you do with the money reveals what's in your heart. I don't want to hear what comes out of your mouth. I want to see what you do with this money. Y'all ready? For some of y'all, watch me. You keep saying things to God like, God, God, why this, why this, why that? And God is like, I have looked at your heart and your heart tells me that you are far from me. Why? Because I see what you're doing with this money and, and you are your heart is far from me. It's quiet there. I see how you fuss and fight every when a, a time to put a seed in the ground. And you say, you say, the Lord, let me hear somebody's voice yesterday in the spirit. I ain't sowing that. And and, and 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 when I heard that, I was like, God, that's an awful attitude. He said, and they wonder why they can't have what they ask for. Now, I don't know who that's for. I ain't even going to ask you to wave your hand. He said, I see your heart. And your heart tells me that you're far from me because I checked the money to see where your heart is. I don't want to hear all, all this talking. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Show him the money. That's what he said. 
He said, I'll know where your heart is based on what you do with the money. So why did he give Judas the money? Look at me. Judas was not the most qualified one to deal with the money. And for some of y'all, please hear me. God has given you certain things that you're like, God, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel I don't feel equipped. I don't feel like I know how to handle that. He says, I've given you that to watch me to see how you handle it. Because the money should have went to Matthew. Matthew was the tax collector. It should have went to him. It doesn't even make sense for Judas to be given the money except to reveal his heart. Come on, Revelation. All right. I was trying to be done by 930. But look, can we go a few more minutes? <clears throat> Jesus never confronts him that we see written. Jesus never does anything like that. Um, you know what Jesus does? Jesus watches him. And he says, let me see what you're going to do. Let me see how you're going to handle, look at me, this assignment. Uh-oh. Let me see how you handle this assignment. There are things God will put in your lap um, to see how you handle it. Um, and if based on how he sees how you handle it, that determines whether or not you can be released into your sequel. He just watched. He just watched. Watch me. He just wanted to see how Judas was going to handle it. And for some of y'all, stop letting your friends tell you, just watch how they handle it. As a leader, I've had to learn to not say as much. I've had to learn to just watch, just sit back and watch, sit back and watch, sit back and pay attention, sit back and see, hmm, let me see this. Hmm, let me see that. Hmm, let me see this. Hmm, that's interesting. Hmm, what'd they say? Hmm, how'd they say that? Hmm, show me that. Hmm, why? Because I can, watch me. Because the heart is always, can I give you, can I give you something to tweet and something to put in your story? The heart is always most pure when it doesn't know it's being watched. Y'all not talking to me. The heart is always in its purest form when it does not know it's being watched. I'll say it a third time. The heart is always in its purest form. When it does not know it is being watched. That's when it's just purest. That's when it's just purest. When you when it does not know that it's being watched. And for some of y'all, watch me. God has been, he's put certain things in your lap. And he said, let me see that. All right. Listen, let me, let me say it again. I'll say it again for you. The heart is its most pure when it does not know that it's being watched. There are certain things God will put in your lap and he will say, hmm, wow, that's how you feel? Wow, that's what you think? Whoa, wow, okay? Um, that's how he did with Judas. He said, I'm just gonna, just gonna watch you. I'm not gonna say anything to you. I know you're stealing. I'm not gonna say anything to you. Part of the reason Jesus didn't say anything to him because he did need to get distracted from his mission. Some of you all, look at me, look at me. Can I say this strong to you? And I say it with love, but I'm going to say it with strength. You spend too much time chasing down people issues. You spend too much time chasing down people issues. And it distracts you from the, from the mission. You are spending too much time on people issues. And you get distracted from the mission. The mission is more important than that person issue. And can I say this to some of y'all? Because some of y'all think, let me let me say this. Come on, come on. Can I, I'm going to say it. Um, 
some of y'all think, well, if I don't deal with that, you know, that could tear everything down. Look at me. One person ain't got that much power. Well, I don't do something about that person. You know, they may, it may spread. Listen, cancer, watch me. Cancerous people, the way, watch me, cancer cells, while, while they look like they're growing, what they're really doing is because they're cancerous, they will eventually self-destruct. They will eventually self-destruct. Cancer, watch me, cancerous people, sometimes you spend too much time chasing down people issues. And there's sometimes you just need to say, yeah, I'm not finna. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Jesus was like, if I spend all my time dealing with this Mark Judas, I'm not going to have any time to go. Listen, it's one Judas, it's 5,000 men plus women and children that I need to feed. It's one Judas, it's in another time, 4,000 plus women and children. It's one Judas, I got, I got 11 good ones. So why would I spend my time fooling with, the, and we're all guilty of this. Why would I spend my time fooling with this Judas, but I got 11 good ones to speak to? Cancerous people eventually self-destruct. How do you know that? Because Judas eventually self-destructed. The Lord never had to, do, you know what the Lord, you ready for me? Let's go. The Lord never had to rebuke him. He hung himself. The Lord never once said, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray again. No, he, no, he's self-destructing. Jesus said, I know how this is going to end for Judas, so I have nothing else to say. But watch me. You ready? Man, this is going to be so good. But why would he spend time if he wasn't going to check Judas, who was stealing from him? That's the mark. We, we, listen. Let that have been us. Oh, no, we're going to get that mark. That's the mark we're going after. No, you know who he did check? Peter. Because Peter, although Peter doubted, Peter's heart was right. Ooh, come on, y'all. Peter's heart was right. Yeah, Peter denied him, hence the doubt. He denied him. He denied him out of self-preservation and self-protection. That's why after he denied him, the Bible says, that he ran, and when he ran, that he literally, he wept and he mourned. When he saw Jesus again on the boat, the Bible says that he uh, he jumped into the water. He said that he's a sinner. He didn't deserve the Lord giving him anything good. Why would he spend time correcting Peter and rebuking Peter? He said, because Peter's heart is right. And I would much rather spend my time correcting somebody whose heart is right than spending my time trying to get a Judas to act right. They're not going to act right. They're not going to act right. They're not going to act right. It's quiet, y'all. Why are y'all so quiet? Peter had the right heart. So you're going to deny me. You're a thug. You fight too much. You talk too much, too. But your heart is right. Judas? Mm-mm. Sometimes you need to ask the Lord to show you who are the Peters in your life. That maybe they're rough around the edges, but their hearts are right. Their hearts are turned toward you. Every leader needs to do this because there's gonna, you're going to have Peters. And the Peters, they're going to be rough. <clears throat> they're going to be doing the most sometimes. They're going to do too much. They're going to do stuff that ticks you off. But their heart is turned toward you. Sometimes you need to say, okay, who are my Johns? John was the beloved. 
John, Jesus never had any issues out of John. None. None. There's going to be people in your life you literally have no issues out of. Watch me. Don't expect, y'all ready? This is so good tonight. Don't expect your Johns to be like a Peter. Don't expect your Peter to be like a John. You ready? Um, John, Jesus never had a problem with John. Never. Never. Never had a problem with him. Rev, Jesus never had a problem with John. Never. Never. One of the sons of thunder. Never had a problem with him. He was the beloved disciple, the Bible says. Y'all know it's dry in Colorado. You cannot, listen, you cannot live in Colorado and not have you some chapstick. I can't do Carmex because I don't like my lips looking like I just uh, ate some fried chicken. Can't do that. All right, listen. All right. Um, <clears throat> you can't expect him to be the same. There are going to be people in your life where you're never going to have an issue out of them. There are people, listen, I can be honest, as a leader, there are people I just don't have problems out of. And if there's anything that ever needs to be cor corrected or checked, they they follow the they check it before I got to say anything. There are others that are more like Peter, that be doing the most, and gotta get checked. But their heart is turned toward. So they watch me. So they're deserving of correction. It's quiet on here tonight. It's quiet on here tonight. Then you gotta say, who are your Jameses? Who are your Jameses? Who are your Jameses? Um, James is interesting because you don't, James and John call the sons of thunder. James is interesting because James really was the behind the scenes person. You really kind of see James's personality in the book of Acts because James was really running the show. There's going to be people around your life. They're going to be the behind the scenes friend. They not going, they may not. They may not show up to your dinner, but they're going to send you the money to pay for it. It's quiet here. It's quiet here. The James, they're really the behind the scenes person. Um, they don't want you. Watch me. A James will say, I, I, I saw that this was the need, so I took care of this. They just take care of it. Who are your Peters? Who are your James? Who are your Johns? You ready? Who are your Judases? Look at me. You can never be caught off guard. I mean, pause. There we go. You're never really caught off guard because a Judas, watch me, a Judas always has a pattern. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. Can I just give you all this? I'm way off. I was trying to get into the miserable moments, but this is good. We're doing a deep dive. Are you enjoying the deep dive? Wave at me if you're enjoying the deep dive. Um, as you can tell, y'all, I love the word and I love to teach. Um, Wave at me. I need to see at least 10 hands if you're enjoying this deep dive. Because we're talking about miserable moments and how Jesus handled a miserable moment. And more specifically, how he handled the betrayal. Um, if you, I need to see at least 10 hands. <clears throat> a Judas has a pattern. Never let new people come in your life without looking at their pattern. What's the pattern? I see three hands. Come on. Bow. Look. Bow, because four, five, come on, six, seven, come on, y'all, need to see them, eight, nine, nope, not nine, not, not, uh, come on, nine, all right, cool, y'all do it other emojis, I need to see the hand wavy emoji, all right, um, praise God, ten, there we go, 
So when it comes, a Judas always has a pattern. Literally, Judas's name was prophetic. Can I just give you a couple of things to do? And then I just got to set you up for tomorrow and then we got to go. A couple of things to do whenever you are looking at people for to be friends, to date, to do business with. Uh, if you're a leader or a supervisor or a hiring manager or something like that or an executive type of people you hire. There's a few things you want to do. The first thing you want to do is you want to you want to actually find out what their name means. Because their name is prophetic. Judas name, Judas means peephole in the door. Iscariot means traitor. He's the son of Iscariot. Judas's name literally means a peephole in the door that's a traitor. His name prophesied. All right. So whenever, let me give you some peas. Whenever you're looking at, this is so good, y'all. This is so good. You got to share this. Whenever you're looking at new people to come into your life, number one, when you're looking at new people, you need to say, what does the person's name mean? What does the person's name mean? Because their name is prophetic. So I need to know what your name means just to see if it's built into your name what you're going to do. Okay, the Jezebel, it means not exalted, which means you're going to, my whole friendship with you is going to be you trying to exalt yourself, which means she is always going to be at competition with you. Always. You need to know what the names mean. What does the name mean? My first name means handsome. Don't y'all judge me. My mama knew what she was doing. Listen, <laughs> just having fun with it, okay? Means handsome. Um, my middle name means close to God. My last name means overseer. It prophesied. My name literally prophesied. It prophesied. It literally prophesied. I love the Lord. I promise you I love that man. I love that man. And I, I don't say that in a disrespectful way. I love the Lord. I love him. I, I, let me tell you something. My my only times of, um, let me say it like this. Because I love him so much, I live to 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 please him. I live to please the Lord. And so that is what drives me, is him saying, is him saying, good job, son. It's great hearing other people say good job. But when I hear, when I hear him, oh God, it's a game changer. Because I love him. I really do. Um, overseer. That's what I do. I'm a bishop. That's literally what bishop means. Overseer. Um, and I've taught this before. My first name, St. Kevin, he led this great spiritual renewal over the entire country of Ireland. Um, he led this great spiritual renewal. So God used him to change a nation. So now, watch me. So I know what my name prophesies. This is why, watch me. This is why I can recognize that, that what God's called for me to do is bigger than one city. It's bigger than one zip code. It's bigger than one area. You gotta hear me because my name prophesies. So whenever you're gonna have people in your life, I'm just using that because I know mine. You need to know yours. Whenever you're gonna have people in your life, you need to know what people, you need to know what their name means. Number two, you need to look at their patterns. What are their patterns? How do I find patterns? You find patterns, let's go Spanish, through preguntas. Let's keep these as P's. Through questions. Ask questions. Can I help some of you single people? If when you're getting to know them, everything was their ex's fault, run. Run. If everything is their ex's fault, you about to be the next victim. Yes, you are. 
ladies, if he's telling you, oh, she did this and she did this to me, she did this to me, and ain't nothing in there about him talking about what he could have done better, what he should have done different, oh, no, you better run. Run for it. You better run. You better run. You better run. If you're a hiring manager or you're a supervisor or whatever, and you're interviewing people, and everything is their previous employer's fault, nothing is anything they could have done better, don't hire them. Don't hire them. You gonna, Watch me. They're going to be in the next interview talking about you because they won't stay with you long. It's their pattern. It's quiet. Somebody says they don't like questions. Listen, let's go here. If a person doesn't want to answer questions about their past, you ready? It's because they're still living in it. Now, I can get out the car and drop the mic. If a person doesn't want to answer questions about their past, they're still living in it. Well, it's just so painful to talk about because you're still there. That's why. Listen, I don't play that, but I don't want to bring up the past. Okay, well, ain't no future. I can tell you that right now. Ain't no future. You're going you're gonna to need to talk about your past. You ready? Friends. Uh, 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 drop it then, Bishop. Boom. I ain't, look, let me drop the phone. Let me drop my keys. Boom. Look. Okay? When it comes to friends, you need to be talking. Let's talk about the past. So why you ain't got friends right now? Why you, why, tell me about your last friend. Tell me about your best friend. Tell me if everything is these, them people did me dirty. And them people did me, and ain't none of it them. Y'all, come on now. You gotta hear me. There is a pattern here, and you about to be the next victim. Single men, when it comes to listen, I know it's a whole nother breed of woman on the planet today. You have gotta hear me. Somebody said, "Don't drop the iPhone." Oh no, I ain't dropping the phone. But now, don't put it past me. <laughs> All right. I know it's a whole nother breed out there, but you you cannot, you got to hear me. You you need to know their patterns. So number one, you need to know their what their name means because it prophesies. Number two, when it comes to people, you need to know their patterns. And to know their patterns, you ask perguntas. Right? You ask questions. Talk about it. Talk about it. And anything where a person says, I can't talk about that or I don't want to talk about that, can I tell you that means that they are not healed from it. And if they are not healed from it, let me just give you this last little piece. They're going to bleed on you. If they're not healed from it, they're going to bleed on you. There's some people, you really like them, but you need to tell them, go heal and then call me later. Go heal and then call me when you're healed. Watch me. Some of you won't do that because you're attracted to the fact that they're bleeding. You are, you're attracted to the fact that they're in need. And when them being in need and distress makes you feel like, you have a way to add value to them. I'm talking tonight better than y'all are typing in these comments. For some of you, <clears throat> it makes you feel like you have an opportunity to add value because they're in a crisis. So you literally, there it is right there. That's the term. That's the psychological term, trauma bond. It's like, oh, I won't do you like that. You like anime Bullock. When Ike was telling her, he said, uh, this is the movie, What's Up Got to Do With It? And he was saying, all these other people I made famous and they done this and they done this. And 
and all of that and 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 you know they leave me and they leave me what did anime do in that moment in the movie i don't know if it happened in real life but the movie portrayed the moment good in the movie she says i won't leave you like that i'm not gonna do you like that and do you know what happened for years she stayed in a a a physically in her in her documentary she calls it torture for years she stays in a torture a physically torturous relationship because of a sense of loyalty because she literally saw herself rescuing ike because she watched her mother walk out on her so she said i'm not gonna walk on him can i help some pastor watch me do not overplay your hand in people's lives because while you are doing all this extra to try to keep them on board you are spending too much time on a judas and you're missing a john Thinking that you're being a great pastor. You're not. You're a distracted one. Woo! This, I've been teaching tonight. Listen. Jesus handled that miserable moment. That miserable moment was betrayal. Then the Bible says that he was deserted by all of his disciples. Everybody walked away. We like to look at Judas and say how bad Judas is. But at one point, all of them walked away. At one point... All of them walked away and he is hanging there by himself. And you know, the only one that comes back is John. Um, John comes back and Jesus, while he's there on the cross, he says to his mother, he says, woman, behold thy son. He says to John, behold thy mother. He tells John, take care of my mama. Now, that's such a deep thing that in Jesus worst moment, his concern was make sure my mama's good. Joe gone. Watch me. Look at me. Y'all ready for this? I don't trust my mother with my brothers or sisters. John, you take care of my mama. That's deep. That's deep. There are certain things. There are certain things in life you're going to be able to trust a stranger with more than you can trust your own blood with. Ooh, I am teaching tonight. This is great revelation. There are going to be certain things you're going to be able to trust other people with that you cannot trust your own blood with. Right? That's deep. While he's hanging on the cross, he's like, take care of my mama. <laughs> that tells you, that tells, there's so much culture, so that's such a cultural thing too. That tells you a lot about the culture of the scriptures. Because Jesus said, Take care of my mama. I'm I'm dealing with this death thing right now, but y'all take care of her. And specifically, John, you take care of her. Because I don't trust, I don't trust my brothers and sisters to make sure she's going to be good. I don't trust them to do it. There's certain things that are dear to you that you're not going to be able to trust people that are close to you with. That's a, That's a word. He's deserted by all. Then he sheds his blood. John comes back, his mother comes back, um, and they're watching him, and he's there, and as he's there, as he's there, even think about how Jesus handled his miserable moment. He wasn't selfish. Can I help some of y'all see how you're going to get out of your miserable moments? You're going to get out of your miserable moments when, when you're not selfish, when you're not selfish. Here he is dying, worried about who's going to take care of his mama. 
Here he is dying, speaking hope. He's hanging in between two thieves. One thief says, uh, 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 remember me when you go into your kingdom. Another thief is, 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 is talking crazy to him. And here he is encouraging one of the guys hanging on the cross, on another cross with him. Here he is, watch me, handling his, can I help some of y'all? Your miserable moment will shift to its sequel when you begin to not make it all about you. To not make it all about you. I mean, he's literally handling business on the cross. That's a whole word. I got to come back and listen to my own preview because there's about 15 messages I just released tonight. He's handling business in a miserable moment. He's literally being been crucified and is hanging. And in the middle of it, he's y'all take care of my mama. Hey, John, make sure you do this. Hey, you're going to come with me to heaven after this. Um, I'm thirsty. Can somebody bring me something to drink? Oh, man, the drink ain't even good. It's bitter. But let me keep it moving shouting don't make your miserable moments all about you can i get you to type this on the screen it's bigger than me he does he goes through all of that sheds his blood he becomes a seed then we see the sequel early on sunday morning he got up and when he gets up early sunday morning we see the sequel tomorrow's night's message is called waterless places because Sometimes in life, as you're transforming and you begin to make progress, you will see, look at me very carefully, you will see a return of something that you thought you would not see again. You will see a return of something you thought you'd never see again. The scripture says this, that when an evil spirit leaves a person, I just got to set you up for tomorrow. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes and it goes through waterless places, finding no rest. I'm going to teach this tomorrow. Finding no rest, it comes back to the original person, the original house. And when it comes back, you ready? It comes back with seven evil spirits. Oh, this is going to be good tomorrow night. It comes back with seven evil spirits that are stronger than it. And the condition of the house or the person is worse in the sequel than it was in the original. Tomorrow night, we're going to take a turn in our series so that some of you understand once you begin to make progress and to grow, um, there is something that the enemy will attempt to do to ruin your sequel. But I need you to put this on the screens. I My sequel will not be ruined. I know that's a lot. Just please type it. Please follow my instruction. My sequel will not be ruined. Listen, guys, if this bless you, I planned on being done quickly. Y'all can see when I get to teach it, I, I love to teach because I'm learning as I teach. I live as a student. Um, if this bless you tonight, you can sew. Um, all you need to do is use the badges or you can use the cash app dollar sign Bishop Foreman with the number two. Or you can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Givelify, and Given. All of that's available. The email for that is hello at harvestchurch.church. Um, tonight, if you're not a Christian, I want to give you a quick opportunity to come to the Lord. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord, you've not been faithful. I want to give you an opportunity to come to the Lord. When I count to three, I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to doubt. 
I don't want you to be concerned. When I count to three, immediately, I want you to do that hand wave emoji or say, it's me. When you become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord, don't think about it. Don't doubt. Don't be nervous. Just respond with that emoji or say, it's me. One, two, three. If that's you, respond right now. When you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord. You need to be sure. I want you to respond. Do not think twice. I just want you to respond. And I'm going to lead you in a quick prayer. I got 60 seconds to do it. Guys, I love you. And I pray that you've had uh, that this preview bless you. Man, I got to be honest. There was so much revelation released tonight. Don't forget, you can get the preview on the replay, not only on Instagram, but you can also get it in our podcast, in the uh, Ask the Bishop podcast. We start putting them in the podcast. I got you. I got you. Come on, do that hand wave emoji and say it's me. I got you. Don't think twice about it. Don't doubt. Don't be Don't be worried about it. I need you to respond. I'm going to count you down. Five. Get in before I finish. Four. Get in before I get to zero. Three, two, one. Get in before I get to zero. Get in before I get to zero. Hallelujah. Don't forget, I need you to share this too. Once we get off, please share this in your stories. Share this on your pages. Um... I got to be honest, I love doing these previews. I'm thinking about bringing them, doing them different, and maybe bringing them to a conclusion. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth, and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to run this race. I love you because you first loved me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, I need for you, <clears throat> I need for you to uh, text the word decision. They're going to put it on the screen for you to 877-552-4746. And I, I didn't pin, that was my error. I didn't pin the different ways to give, nor did I pin text harvest to 877-552-4746 to get our app. But I want to encourage you to definitely get that. Um, that's the best way to stay connected to harvest. All right. Love you guys. See you tomorrow night. 7 o'clock mountain, 9 o'clock eastern. It's called Waterless Places. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to explain a lot of why you feel like, oh, my God, I made all this progress. Sorry. And then after you feel like you made all this progress, like, what is this? I'm going to show it to you in the scripture. Um, the enemy, once you're in your sequel, he desires to ruin your sequel. I'm going to show you how he tries to do it. And we're going to shut that mark down tomorrow night. All right. I love you guys. Have an amazing night. Just bless you. Go so. Shalom. Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Hey, Cricket customers, Max with ads is included with your Cricket $60 unlimited plan at no additional cost. Nice! Max is the streaming platform where you can watch Scoob, Meg 2 The Trench, The Nightmare on Elm Street Collection, and so much more. Remember me. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. We've never seen this before. Max, the one to watch for a good scream with Cricket. Yeah! Phone plan streams and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details.